the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Now, this is what we're talking about. That's two straight terrific starts by the Royals rotation. As Casey moves to nine over 500 for the first time during this 2015 season, going to 16 and seven and to a game and a half lead on the Tigers as they beat Detroit four to one, thanks largely in part to the work of spot starter Chris Young. And we're going to talk all about that and so much more as we welcome you into another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo, and we'll break down the seven innings of no-hit baseball the Royals threw tonight. We'll talk about their two-out hitting, which continues to be amazing. We'll preview the next couple of games as well, but let's get right into our player of the game, which for the second straight night is the Royals' starting pitcher. We saw seven-plus innings of much-needed baseball out of Danny Duffy last night and five innings tonight out of Young. And you might say, well, you've been saying all year we need six and seven innings. Well, yeah, of course, but Chris Young is a spot starter. Your best case was six, and you got five scoreless. You really were thinking six innings of two-run ball as a realistic best-case scenario. Instead, you get five runs of zero-run ball. And he was just awesome. No hit ball, no runs, nine strikeouts for the 6'10 right-hander who once scored 20 points at Allen Fieldhouse when he played basketball for Princeton, almost played in the NBA. But he walked three, struck out nine tonight in his five innings and did an 81 pitches in those five innings. And, you know, had he been on his normal, you know, built-up rotation rest and, and endurance, durability, he could have gone another inning or two, obviously. But... Young did go 26 pitches over what Ned said was the max coming in. He said 55. And managers always lie about that. Whenever they say a spot starter can only throw 60, they can always go 75 or 80. It's it's that what they always do to try to get some competitive edge, I guess. But Young goes 26 over the 55 with 81 pitches. And, and not only did the Royals win the game tonight and guarantee themselves a series split, we said they had to get the split coming in. They've got that the first two. What else did we say if you listen to the preview we did of this series? We said the first two games are the most winnable. you got to get them. And the Royals did it. Awesome. Doing exactly what they need to do in, in getting these first two wins. You come out now and you find a way to split the next two as you face a disadvantage both days, realistically, on the mound. The stats may not bear that necessarily, especially tomorrow, but probably a slight disadvantage for the Royals the next couple of days. Doesn't mean they can't win at all. The Royals' bats are hot right now. Their defense, of course, the best in baseball, the best bullpen in baseball. They've got Volquez, who's been unquestionably their most consistent starter, him and Danny Duffy. They got him going tomorrow, coming off a suspension. So most certainly they can win both of the games. There's no doubt about that. But you've got to give Detroit the slight edge the next couple of days. So the Royals hopefully can grind out one of these two wins and get three out of four. That would be a beautiful thing out of this series. But Chris Young wins the game tonight for the Royals. And not only that, but it also reminds the Royals brass, his teammates, and the fan base that Chris Young is there if they need him in the rotation. At some point, I mean, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But at some point, most likely, someone's going to miss a start or two, maybe more, hopefully only a start or two, in that rotation with injury. It's almost a given that happens at some point. And it's nice to know you've got a guy like Chris Young there that can step right in. You've got a guy like Chris Medlin coming back who could potentially be stretched out to a starter by August. You've got a guy like you know, Joe Blanton down in the minor leagues, Johan Pino, and then guys like Miguel Almonte, who I think is the most 
close, you know, the furthest advanced right now as far as being a starter at the big league level. I think he's more advanced with a chance to start way ahead of Finnegan, certainly ahead of Zimmer who can't stay healthy, and probably ahead of Benford as well, and probably ahead of Brooks as well. Aaron Brooks is probably just a spot start option at worst, worst, worst case scenario. I think Monte is the, the one of the young kids that you'll see up here first. But my point being, you've got a good three and four legitimate options if, if you know starters continue to slump or if there's injuries out there. And that's just a good thing to see. So Chris Young did a lot of things for the Royals tonight. Deserves big credit. You know who else does? And we cannot let this get lost. The guy we need to talk about more is Ryan Matson. Another multi-inning performance. Two more innings. Perfect innings. His ERA now sets at 138. Had one, you know, decent to bad outing against the Twins. That that's the only blip he's got in his radar. 138 there. Two perfect innings with the K for Ryan Matson. Velocity was was there a little bit more than I thought tonight. I saw 95 a couple of times. Normally you see his fastball in the 89 to 93, possibly 94 range. Hit 95 a couple times tonight. The changeup, of course, is killer and a pretty good bender he throws up there as well. So Matson comes out, really commanded the fastball well tonight, worked his way off of that, and man, it, it's not fair. If you're one of these other teams, I mean, the Royals don't even have Hochaver or Holland right now. It's... It's unfair. I almost feel bad for the other teams. Almost, but I don't. And again, as a guy who is for his New Year's resolution this year is trying to enjoy each day and soak up the moment and not take anything for granted, let's take that from life to baseball. I mean, I guess they go hand in hand. If you're listening to this, you're probably baseball is a big part of your life, right? But let's not ever take this bullpen for granted. This defense, it's just so much fun, but enjoy it. It won't always be this way, and it certainly has not always been this way. But a good chance for the Royals, even long-term, I think, to ride this out for a good three to five more years. So certainly this summer should be even more fun than last summer, I hope. And even last, you know, hopefully even more fun than last fall. Winning the division could make a whole new element for the playoffs. But let's not put the card ahead of the horse. Let's let's stay crowded here. Long ways to go. <laughs> About, what, 16% done? Calvin Herrera, not so sharp tonight. Did have three days off, though. Ned said that, you know, made him fly open a little bit more. Was too strong. Flew open. Had to gather himself for that Cabrera bat, which he did. But before we talk about the Cabrera bat, and, and Herrera's line was not good. An inning, two walks, two hits, and a run. So four base runners against Calvin, albeit one of them was, you know, a chopper that was a great pitch by Herrera. Another shattered bat. Well, not shattered bat, but crack bat in there as well. So two of the four hits. Actually, no, both hits. I'm sorry. Both hits. He didn't give up four hits. I'm Four runners. So both of the hits came off of one infield chopper and one crack bat. The walks are what killed Herrera. But let's give him credit for the Cabrera bat. But before we do that, the play that, in my opinion, saved the game that nobody remembers. Christian Colon there in that eighth inning. My goodness. We talked about him last night, how, how his arm was stronger than we thought at shortstop and made some good plays last night. Tonight, let's go through that inning. So the leadoff walk to Alex Avila, which you don't want to see, obviously. Nick Castellanos with the looper in there. To left field, and then you see Jose Iglesias with that chopper I was talking about. Could have been an out. I mean, well, probably not. It was basically a hit. It was a do-or-die play. And Infante came in there. And so the bases end up loaded with nobody out. You're up 4 nothing. bases juiced. Anthony Ghost coming up. Royals are still ahead 4 nothing, but Ghost is the top of the order. So if he gets on base, you're in big trouble, because then you start getting into Broadway, and you've got Miggy two hitters away. Bases loaded, almost an identical chopper's hit. Over to Christian Colon. 
It's a do-or-die play again with Cologne coming in. Bases loaded, nobody out. Racing in, bare hands, and guns out Anthony Ghost at first base. A run scores in the play, making it 4-1. to one. But the Royals get the first out of that inning. They have a base open now, which is good because the next hitter walked, Ian Kinsler. Second and third, one out there. If if Cologne doesn't make that play, it's 4-1 to one with the bases loaded, nobody out. Kinsler walks, it's 4-2, to two, bases loaded, nobody out. I'm willing to bet you that game ends up tied or worse. If it's 4-2, to two, bases loaded, nobody out, the Royals are in big trouble with Cabrera coming up and such. So Cologne making that play, no one, I've, I've heard nobody talk about it. Red nobody talk about it. That, to me, was the biggest play of the game. Cannot be you know, misstated enough. Cannot be overemphasized how big of a play that was by Christian Cologne. Miguel Cabrera strikes out in that 11-pitch at bat against Calvin Herrera with the gas. Love seeing that. Victor Martinez, who doesn't look right up there, just doesn't look comfortable, flies out to Gordo, although he did. He had a couple balls well tonight. Royals get out of it. Wade Davis scatters two hits in the ninth, gets a K. Royals win. 4-1. Chris Young, you're the man. Ryan Matson, you're the man. Calvin Herrera, credit to you for getting through that inning. Wade Davis, you're always the man. And, and Christian Colon, the big play on defense. And offensively, the two-out hitting continues to be absolutely on fire. And at some point, this won't continue. The two-out the Royals are leading the major leagues in two-out hitting right now. And against Kyle Lobstein tonight, the 25-year-old lefty they'd yet to see, they got him in the first inning, and it started with two outs and nobody on. Locaine rips the single. Thinks about going two, but stay, you know, holds the single. Eric Cosman, they're playing that ridiculous shift against him. And just like Mike Moustakis did last night on the other corner of the Royals infield, the third baseman, the first baseman, Hawes, just lays down a little bunt, takes what he's takes what's there. Two outs, I don't care. Kendrick Morales is next. He's been a beast this year. I'll, I'll, I'll take the base. I'll be first and second for my teammate. And he'll come through when he did. Morales didn't make solid contact, but who cares? He found a hole, double scored two. Kendry's now with 20 RBIs after he added one later. Three RBIs tonight for him. And then, of course, Salvi finishes off that first inning 3 nothing. When the Royals got that 3 nothing lead, it was come, you know, just like last night when Danny Duffy got the 3 nothing lead. It was like cruise control. And I don't know that it affected Chris Young as much because he's 35 years old, more of a veteran than Duff is. I think Chris Young was going to pitch relaxed either way. But it certainly didn't hurt. And, of course, the Royals ended up not getting much more after that first inning. Had a couple more chances to score. But Lobstein overall was decent. I mean, his line wasn't great, but overall he was decent, I thought. Three more hits for Haas tonight. I love seeing him just take that base hit to the left side. Moose did it last night. That tells me it's team baseball. It's guys playing for each other. They're not playing for themselves. They're playing for the front of the jersey. Just so much to love about this team. So much love about this team. Royals 16 and 7. Detroit 15 and 9. The final two games of this series, Royals got to get one. Well, don't have to, but they really, well, you really need to. You win the first two, you don't want to back, you know, back your way into a, a split as far as being the wrong end of that. Get at least one of the next two. Just go ahead and do it tomorrow. You got Edison Volquez coming off of suspension. Yeah, he's been excellent this year. A 191 versus a 348 and David Price, whose you know, start that he got lit up was in the snow. David Price is David Price. He's very good. Coming off of three-run ball, six and a third against Minnesota. He's not unhittable. The Royals should be able to get a couple runs off of him at least, if not more. He's at one, two, three lifetime against the Royals, but that's only in 22 innings. So Price has only faced the Royals about three starts over the years. 
get him for two or three runs tomorrow in seven eight innings. He's probably going to go seven or eight. He, he's a guy that just gives you innings. He's like James Shields. Volquez, last start, fell apart after five shutout innings against the White Sox, although four of the five runs were unearned on the misplay by Mike Moustakis, which we talked about before. But Volquez has been very good. I, the first time the Tigers have seen him over here is a member of the Royals. So I like this matchup tomorrow. I, I do see a, a pitcher's duel. I see a 3-2, to 4-3, to 5-3, to 5-4 type game tomorrow. 2-1 to one possibly, probably in the 3-2, 4-3 range. Volquez has only 15 and two-thirds of data, by the way, if you're wondering, against the Tigers. Has a 5-7-4 in the 15 and two-thirds. Now, Sunday's the, uh, the start I don't like at all. And yes, Jason Vargas, I always talk about coming back down to the mean. Yes, he's not 5-9-5 bad. No way. I believe he'll get that down uh, in the forest, hopefully, at some point this year. I, I told you coming in, though, he's the one guy I'm really worried about in that rotation. Tigers last year, a 6-1-8 against Vargas in four starts last year. Lit him up. One and three Vargas was last year against the Tigers, the 6-1-8. He faces them both this start and his next start. So hopefully he can get one of those two. But Vargas will come back down to the mean most likely. But Sanchez definitely will. His Anibal's got a 5-4-6. As long as he's right physically, and I'll be honest, I have not seen him throw this year. But as long as he's all right physically, you know he's going to be down in the threes. So that's a mean game where both guys are probably going to come down and pitch better than their lines have indicated. It's certainly Sanchez. Vargas, though, gets all those right-handed hitters, a team that dominated him on a Sunday afternoon, 85 degrees of the ball is going to be carrying. Let's just hope the Royals get that win tomorrow. Then Sunday becomes a complete gravy game at that point. We'll talk about it tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversation. Looking forward to see what Volquez does against the Tigers and see how the Royals can do against David Price. This is so much fun watching this team, isn't it? It's just so much fun. Enjoy it, Royals fans. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night.